Welcome to the first episode of Let's Talk About It. A podcast celebrating the voices and experiences of adults with learning disabilities. This series is brought to you by This New Ground Collective. I'm Faisal Yusuf. And I'm Nabaki Anasari. During today's episode, we will be talking to Ben Wetherill, playwright of Jellyfish, which was performed earlier this year at the Bush Theatre starring professional actor, dancer and model Sarah Gordy. And as Sarah states on her website, I have Down Syndrome, but that is not all I am. So, um, from that statement, I say hear, hear, uh, because we don't want words like retard or anything like that, do we, Doake? No, I'm not fond of those words. I don't know what they mean, but I know they hurt. And what did you think about the statement overall? I think I, I like the fact that she speaks her mind and she doesn't let things get in her way. Yeah, and um, the ones that uh, treat her badly, she just doesn't bother about them. And uh, whoever does it with good intentions, she says, no, thank you. But, you know, she treats how she wants to be treated. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, We are all equal. People say things, but I just write a song and just move on and... Well, it was started as a poem, which was my body's nobody's body but mine. Oh, the actual song itself goes, I got a body and I like to use it. La 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 la. I've got a body, so don't abuse it. La 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 la. Cause my body's nobody's body but mine. You and your own body, let me run mine. My body's nobody's body but mine. You and your own body, let me run mine. La 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 Cause I've got a voice and I like to use it. La 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 la. I've got a voice and you can't make me lose it. La 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 la. Cause my body's nobody's body but mine. You run your own body, let me run mine. My body's nobody's body but mine. You run your own body, let me run mine. La 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 Definitely the leading light. (laughs) (laughs) It was very powerful, the statement, wasn't it? Yes. Because uh, she was saying that she wouldn't wouldn't, uh, tolerate and take it from bullies. Can I say that most of people with learning disabilities haven't even had a chance to be told if they can have a child or not? not mentioning any names, but I bumped into somebody who wanted to have a child, then they went to their doctor 
and the doctor just said no just looked at them and just said no they can't have the child they can't have a child There's, there was no advice on what they can do the, the doctor didn't say oh this we can do this and we can do that or this is your options he just said no and it was like it just threw her out like she was rubbish what the yeah seriously yeah and then my friend was scarred for life until today she's too scared to have a child ladies and gentlemen the doctors of england (laughs) and i just find it shameful that doctors people that we're supposed to trust and people that try and make us better can can make you worse by saying oh no 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 yeah i mean if we said that to them oh no 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 i'm sure they're gonna feel bad I have proven to them that a um, person with learning disability can have a child because I have three children and I was told that it was me. I was told I can't have. But then when I did have and I took them, my children to the doctors, they were really shocked. Like they thought they were my sister's children. Then I stopped getting a pen and paper and that's how I write my songs. A disability does not define a person. It's the person first then disability we we get we breathe the same air we we got the same sunlight we got we got we got the same color blood going through us we drink same water i mean if there's so many similarities why why are you trying to make us different from other people disabled people don't need to change society needs to change yeah. to include them yes you hear in that society? <laughs> you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say that was a boy texting you. Well, actually, it is a boy. His name is Neil. <laughs> Don't remember you mentioning anyone called Neil at work. It's not from work. Oh? Where'd you meet him? I don't remember you mentioning a friend called Neil. Alice and Claire and Liam and Darcy, but never Neil. Keeping secrets, are you? I don't have to tell you everything. <laughs> Is he good looking? Yes. <laughs> Do you fancy him? Ma'am. Is he younger or older? Stop asking questions. Oh, behave. Hmm. I've got my mate hat on, haven't I? Do you see my mum hat? No, see? <laughs> In fact, I'm not wearing a hat, which is probably making me very dehydrated, so I cannot be held responsible for praying. <laughs> You're tapped. You're more tapped than me. Don't say things like that. You, Kelly Walker, are a very shrewd young woman. Now, how old is he? 32. Oh, five years older. Yep. Well, I'll have to say hello to his mum sometime. His mum? Yeah. His mum lives in Leeds. Wow. It's nice you're making even more new friends. Maybe we can have Neil over. I can cook. I'm on conditioning. I'm listening. No gammon. <laughs> I can only cook three things. Gammon and chips, chicken and chips, and... Chips! Chilli con carne, actually, you run cow. <laughs> My mother said if you learn to cook three things, you'll end up getting three dates, and that's enough to decide whether you like a man. Did you quit? Did you? Maybe you'll fight him over. Maybe. I said maybe. And his parents? They can come over too. It'd be nice. Don't know why you haven't mentioned him before. 
He what? just Calvin and his mum came over, and that was we had a really nice time, didn't we? He doesn't have dance, ma'am. Oh, Labarke, can you um, can you describe the play Jellyfish in three words? Fantastic, awesome, and funny. Cool. If you were to describe Jellyfish, how would you describe it? Absolutely bloody brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember what it was about? Well, I can tell you what I thought it was about. Go on then. A bowl with a jelly of jelly. With a fish <laughs> on the side. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> okay. But then when I saw it, yeah, I'm thinking, but what's it? I didn't understand quite what it was about at first, and then when I got into it, I thought she was a really good actor, actress, um, and. It was set on a uh, beachfront, uh, and what was interesting was when we went into the into the space, it was covered with oh, sand. Yeah. It was covered with sand, and uh, a couple of uh, a couple of the uh, choir group actually took their shoes off and was walking barefoot on the sand. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, Mum was very overprotective of Kelly because when I when I watched it, uh, when I started getting into it, I began to see that Kelly was actually an independent person, but her mum was taking her independence away. That's what I saw. They very sweetly fall in love. <laughs> she had a disability and he didn't. And then the mother and daughter were, first of all, they were close, and then next thing they were not close, and they get arguing. Then daughter said, she's going to move out. Mother said, no, you're not going to move out. Then daughter said, yeah, watch me. She moved out. Then she had ups and downs with her partner, but because of her mum, that's what I think. And then she kept the baby. Yeah, she My mum still wasn't happy. <laughs> So to her mum, that was a child having a child, but her child was an adult. Yeah, uh, I recommend it because it's a lesson for both uh, both people, uh, for disabled people that you can you can have what you want, like if you wanted a baby, wanted to get married, wanted to. Um, have your independence, you can have that with confidence and support from uh, organisations and and it's a lesson for parents and uh, non-disabled people that disabled people can do absolutely anything that non-disabled people can do. Labels are for jam jars, not people. Yeah. I think that's a very important thing. This isn't like any of the plays that I've seen before because 
it's uh, very powerful. I think the the audience found it shocking. There's some of the some of the audience members were parents and the mothers. I thought they were all going to faint or something. <laughs> But uh, because of the swearing and the mature content, they just thought it'd be some childish play. But then they go, oh, my God. Oh, dear. very much for having me. I'm full of snot and horrible things, so I apologise. I don't want to cough all over you this morning. You can cough all over her, Adam. I've got children. be a jellyfish too and do they get married and is there a happily ever after I'd be really interested (laughs) to hear what you guys think about this as well for me I think they definitely get married because in the play we see um, Kelly propose to Neil on the beach she's finally got him down to the beach and he hates it and they're you know facing this new life together all these challenges that are going to come their way Um, I don't know about happily ever after because I'm not sure whether any relationship is happy 100% of the time. And I think that hopefully something that the play did was show that, you know, they were like any other couple, you know, trying to work out these things together. Do you do you want there to be a happy ending for yes. these two? Yeah? Because well, I'm a very tall romantic. Yeah, you're very romantic. I'm a bit of a romantic as well. I don't think you're a romantic though, are you? Faisal? I am a romantic, but... <laughs> 
I'm also a realist. Right. I mean, I mean, just, I don't know why, but I do find themselves eventually ending up on Jeremy Carlshaw or something <laughs> like that, you know, just arguing in general, saying, oh, you never have time for me, I don't have time for you, blah, blah, blah. Why did you close, why did you lose that job? Did you do it on purpose, blah, blah, blah. Did you want to go on benefits or what? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, leaving the toilet seat up. I'm sure they have all sorts of arguments. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about a second one. I took it. It took me ages to write the first one, so I would love to revisit those characters again. Um, and there are some things that I change about the play now, having watched it a lot of times. But I think that, yeah, that story, I think, ended for me when they, her mother, admitted that she was wrong and they were able to move on as a mother and daughter. I think that was really important. Um, oh, second question's from me. Um, how did you make the play so true? Did you do it? Did you have like life experiences, you know, like family members or friends or friends, family members that, that in your life I um, I don't have a family member who has Down syndrome. Um, I had um, I used to be um, a teaching assistant in school, so I used to work mm. with a young gentleman who had Down syndrome. So um, I did lots of training in terms of like how to best uh, work with him in terms of an educational setting. Um, but that's that was really it. I was really what interested me. What really got me interested in the subject matter was I heard that, you know, 7%, I read that statistic, 7% of people who um, are neurodiverse or have a learning disability are in a relationship um, compared to 70% of the general population. And that was something that I was really interested in and wanted to find out more about and ask lots of questions about. And luckily I was able to talk to lots of people you know men cap were really helpful and um, lots of um, mothers um, of children um, who have learned disabilities were able to speak to me um, and I guess that's probably where that relationship started to you know form in my head um, it was really important that we told it right and I'm glad that you know anybody's came out of there and was like oh well, that bit you know spoke to me or that bit was my mum or you know I felt like that when my mum said that I couldn't see him or whatever I think that that was um the most amazing bit for me that anybody could come out and go oh yeah I saw myself on that because yeah. that's why I want to make theatre I don't know about you guys but I want to make theatre because I want people to sit there and see themselves on stage and what came first the characters or the actors definitely the characters for me because um, I wrote the play a very, very, very early and probably rubbish draft of the play. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was terrible. Um, before I'd met Sarah, who played plays leading role. Um, so I, I wrote that before I met her and I had a vague idea of what I wanted the story to be. Yeah. Um, but I knew that as soon as it, I was able to chat to Sarah and her, and her mum Jane and her, her, who was also her acting coach and ask them questions uh, and get to know them um, that's when it really kind of came off the page and started to 
you know, move forward. It was really important um, to build that relationship with them. And without that, the play definitely wouldn't have have happened at all. From what you got on the page, yeah, like when you first wrote it, did it change after you met the people, or did it remain the same? It changed lots. It changed um, lots. There were scenes that were added or taken away. There were. I think once you're in rehearsal... In terms of characters, I mean... In terms of characters. Do you mean there were the characters were in it, or do you mean in no, terms of... No, I the... mean like... I mean like the character of Kelly, you you probably had a thought in mm-hmm. your mind that it's, she's going to be like this, she's going to be like that. And then after you met the actress that was going to be Kelly... Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you say, oh, but... She, what you what you already had like a you know like a little biography yeah. of what Kelly was going to be, and then you meet Sarah, and then and then you say, oh, but Sarah's not like that. Um, I think that or, Kelly. You know what and, I'm trying to ask. No, no, <laughs> I kind of molded the character. That's the right word. I think it's it's molded, but. Uh, What's really important is that Kelly and Sarah are two very different people. You know, there are lots of bits of Sarah that aren't in Kelly and vice versa. Um, and it's not Sarah's story. It's an imagined story. Um, but what I will say is that um, I became aware very, very quickly of how witty and sharp and um, unusual and dark Sarah's sense of humour can be. Um, and that's something we, I think, me and Sarah share. Uh, so that was really important. I guess that's probably the biggest change was the sense of humour. And also I... Cheeky. Uh, yeah, very, very <laughs> cheeky. Uh, and also I think I got better at knowing how to write for Sarah in terms of um, how I could make it easier for her to um, either access the material or re- remember her her lines because um, there were you know we found little cheats and whatever um, and that was what was really you know mm. joyous about making it was we found this really cool way of working together mm-hmm. um, like a you know our own little language I guess which is really fun this is very important yeah it's important to know uh, when you're working with someone the best way they work because that's the only way I guess that you make fantastic things yeah Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you come up with such all-rounded characters? Ooh, that's a hard question. I think that it was important for me to make the situation as complicated as possible, um, and it was very much about these very four. It was very much about these four very different people all dealing with the same thing and all having a different point of view on it. And I think that if you have characters that all have different opinions and have lived different lives, then you will sort of get something that's really juicy and interesting and complex because everybody is very different and does come from a different place a lot of the time. Um, I wanted to make sure that that relationship between Kelly and her mum was as complex as possible and as real as possible um, because that was the heart of the play and if everybody 
I think everybody wanted Kelly and Neil to be together and fell in love with them and that was very much something that everyone was rooting for but I felt like we should also root for her and her mum because they've been together for ages and that's also a really loving relationship that you know I think Kelly's mum struggles to say I love you and that's really what the play is about her mum being able to say how she feels does that make sense yeah Mm. on your blog you wrote that the night we all came to see your show was the highlight of your career so far we're very flattered please elaborate is your life that boring yeah it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) it's just a wasteland of despair I'm kind of honest (laughs) no I I genuinely I want to see it again I mean I that night that you guys came, I think it was our second preview. It was the day before press night. And okay. I remember going into press night not giving a shit, basically, about <laughs> what anyone thought. Because I, how I feel about people. Yeah, because the people that um, we were really interested in, in engaging in conversation around the play had come and had responded to it amazingly. And... Had, we were having, you know, amazing discussions in the bar afterwards and... Talking about us, right? Yeah, you guys, yeah, you. Okay, um, check in. Because, <laughs> you know, you guys were half... It was a very small uh, theatre and you guys were half our audience that night and it was such an energy in there that I don't think I've ever felt in a theatre, ever. Um, because it can be quite stale um, and quiet and uh, precious... And actually, what I felt that night was there was instant feedback and there was a reaction to everything. And advice, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it just be, it became more alive. And I'd never felt that before. So I genuinely meant it when I said it was the highlight of my career because it was probably it was the most exciting audience I'd ever been in, regardless of whether it was my work or not. It was just so thrilling to see you guys enjoying it. Can I squeeze a question? Of course you can. Like, if you enjoy a job, is it actually a job? I don't think so. I think, it wasn't me who said this, and I can't remember who did, but isn't someone said that if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life? I don't know who said that, but I think that's true. Um, It's not always easy. I'm I'm sure you guys know that it's not always easy to get your work on and people to talk to you and... All of those things, but when it's when you've got something on, there's nothing, nothing like it. Um, I don't think. So maybe when we do another show, we can invite Sarah and yeah. her mum yeah. to see show them what we do. Invite everyone. Maybe we'll everyone make it should into see it. a musical and sing it all out. <laughs> maybe maybe you could do Jellyfish the movie or something. Yeah. Like yes. Like like um like um. Uh, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Oh, don't mention no, that. No, not like that. Exactly like that, but our version. I saw Mamma Mia 2 four times. Oh, you yeah. boring people. <laughs> our version it. of it. Yeah, I'm, I think that would be brilliant. We can share be in it as well. Yeah. yeah good. That's... Oh. that's. Bye, bye, Phil. You're going to write any more plays? I am. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm currently writing play... Because uh, I, as as I previously mentioned, I'm a teacher, uh, and I 
would like to write a play about a school in inner city London and the challenges that that brings because I think that there are lots of stories uh, that we haven't heard in terms of the kids that are coming through our school system and uh, there was lots of unheard voices there. I think that's what I like is is thinking about well, who have I not heard from? Who have I not seen? Who who who's interesting that isn't hasn't got a spotlight on them? And I think that that's what I would like to do. Next. And that's going to be called Swordfish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'd like all my plays to have titles that are animals. I think that Starfish. would be yeah different. But why, why did jellyfish come, and how's it got to do with the play? That's a good question. Um, I think the title, Jellyfish, comes from... um, The play, I think, for me, is about people who feel invisible. And what I liked about jellyfish, the creatures, are that they um, are able to be both invisible and visible. Like chameleons. Yeah, very much so. And, um, you know... Kelly just wants to be seen and her mum just wants her to remain hidden. And I think that that's, that was what was really important for me. I guess that's where the title come from. Yeah. It's probably a really loose link, but yeah. I also thought it was quite cool. And I wanted there to be a massive jellyfish on the stage as well. <laughs> was that real or was it a plastic bag? No, we had uh, the prop... Uh, well, the person who made the prop was called Joy, who was also... Um, one of our stage managers and she is so talented because it looked very very real didn't it yeah it looked yeah. like it could sting you <laughs> no, I, was, I was just saying was it was it real or was it a plastic bag it, it was all um, I don't know because I'm not clever enough to understand things like that but I think it might have been silicon okay which is the same thing that they put in your boobs if you have a boob job. That's what it was. <laughs> Not from Asda or anything like that. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's Asda Prime. <laughs> ching, ching. <laughs> Would you uh, like to collaborate with us um, one time in the future? I would love that. It would be a pleasure. Maybe Jellyfish meets Magic Sparks. Jellyfish I would meets... love to continue to hear about the amazing work that you're doing. I would love to be involved in any way possible. But also, you've got your own brilliant thing going on, and I think that's important. One question I would ask you guys is if you could change one thing about the theatre industry, what would it be? Or what do you think one thing we could do better would be? Let it be run by people with special needs. With support. Yeah. Have people with uh, special needs in positions where they can make decisions? Yeah. and Yes. Instead of someone telling them what to do, they, they, will tell, they will, like, for example, they'll say to me, okay, you should like that, and then we decide. Yeah. And they have to be the ones that listen. Yeah, for a change. And if they don't, we can sack them. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, Ben. And uh, thank you for writing the play. Thank you for uh, letting us watch that play. And uh, would you like to hear a dirty joke? <laughs> always. I always want to hear a dirty joke. <laughs> this series was brought to you by This New Grounds Collective. Thank you to the Lyric Hammersmith for letting us borrow the recording studio and also like 
to say thank you to Jet and Nikolai from the Hammersmith Lyric. And thank you to Joe and Natalie for supporting us. The songs we've been hearing on today's podcast are covers of the songs featured during the production of Jellyfish, sung by our very own in-house choir, The Magic Sparks, with a solo by choir member Lizzie Popoff. A big thanks to Chris Russell for accompanying us on the piano. And thank you to all our listeners on Let's Talk About It. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To find out more about our work, please visit our website www.thisnewground.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at thisnewgrounduk. Why not tweet about our podcast using the hashtag Let's Talk About It podcast. This project is supported by Arts Council England.